But hey, man, when I was just sitting there, especially first service, and no longer slaves wrapped up the worship set with that, it was exactly what I needed today. And it, it, I'm so grateful for our worship team. I'm so grateful for our volunteers and just individuals who are pouring their heart out, inviting us into a moment of worship so that wherever you are, you're coming here to just present your chaos to God, excusing yourself from whatever this week said, hey, God, today is important. And so we are so glad that you are here. My name is Jordan. I'm a teaching pastor here at Crossbridge. And yeah, we're talking about money today. We're going to be talking about money for the next two weeks, and the series is called Two Cents. And if that makes you cringe a little bit because of the connotations that come with churches and pastors talking about money, uh, I understand completely. Okay, This is a hard message to give as much as it's a hard message to receive, pun intended. <laughs> I didn't do that first service, but that's funny. And so, so glad that you're here. Looking forward to this. But I wanted to start off today by just sharing a truth that I think that most pastors or even Christians don't feel like they're allowed to share or even allowed to have, and, and it's the truth that I love money. And you might be thinking, okay, here he goes with an illustration about how he loves money and we're not supposed to love money. No, no, no. No, like honestly, I love money, and I don't think it's wrong to love money. I love spending money, and I love giving money. I love saving money. I love budgeting money. Okay, uh, how many of you like to do your budget if you do a budget? Me and three other people. Okay. Uh, so the reason I love budgeting, and Marissa actually lets me do the budget in our relationship, and then I send it over to her. She hates charts, and I like budgets. So what I do, and this is why I like budgets so much, is because I love spending money that you're allowed to spend. Okay? And so what I mean by that is when I go to the grocery store, and I know I'm allowed to spend $50 because we eat frozen pizzas, uh, $50, I'm going to spend every one of those dollars at the grocery store. Now, some people might be like, wait, but if you only spent 42, shouldn't you put the eight in savings? Not when you're Jordan Chitwood. You see, I know that I have that $8 to spend on chocolate-covered peanut butter cookies or Doritos, and then I get to bring them back because that money was allotted for me to spend at the grocery store. And I love, you know, it is so much better paying bills when you've budgeted the, the finances. Say, hey, car payment comes up. No worries. I got that $200, and you get to spend it. And it's so much more fun that way. And so I love money, but I also love spending money, and I don't think that's wrong either. I buy, like I said, every single week I buy the on-brand Doritos because the off-brand is crap. And if you think otherwise, God bless your heart, okay? I spend money on the chocolate-covered peanut butter cookies, and that's okay. I have an Xbox One, and when the new Xbox comes out, I'll probably beg Marissa to let me get it too. I buy video games. I'm allotted three video games a year. And so I love spending money. I haven't gone as far as Brad in buying myself AirPods yet, but that day might come. And so I want you to know, and I want you to feel comfortable today. I want this to be a positive experience. Because I think so often what we do with money, especially in the church, is we make statements like, you need to do this, and you need to give this amount, and you're not allowed to have that. And I don't think that's the case. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a part of the younger generation, okay? I truly believe that if you get money correct in your life, budgeting, financing, and giving, it'll be a world changer for you and your relationship with God. I have high values with giving, but I also believe that we're allowed to enjoy life. And so the only claim that I'm going to make today, the only absolute truth is, is something that if you walk away today, I don't want you to feel discouraged. I want you to walk away believing this. 
and it's that God wants us to give. That's it. I'm not going to say you have to give 10%, which was an Old Testament commandment. I'm not going to say that if you uh, don't give 10%, if you don't give 20%, then you're not a Christ follower. No, 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 no. But I do believe that if you do want to follow Jesus, you do have to give no matter how much you make and no matter what your debt situation looks like. I believe that at the end of the day, we have to give. I think that's an irrefutable claim that God commands us multiple times throughout the 66 books called the Bible. And so we're going to be unpacking some of that today. We're going to be looking at that in a positive atmosphere, encouraging you to take next steps in your finances and next steps in your giving. And Marissa and I, we really are excited to teach the financing class and walk you through how two millennials do their budget. And whether you're a millennial, whether you're a boomer or Gen Z, Gen X, whatever you look like, if you struggle with your finances, we would love to invite you for two weeks, February 9th and 16th, just to get a refreshing way of doing money. But before I start today, I actually want to do something that I've never done here at Crossbridge, and no pastor has ever done at Crossbridge, and I want to share with you my outline. And the reason being is because I want you to know exactly where I'm going today. So if you turn the screen, this is the same exact outline that I have up with me. It's my only notes, okay? This is how I make my outlines. And so we started with the I Love Money intro, and I made fun of Brad, <laughs> AirPods. And then I shared the theme, God wants us to give. Every message that I give, I love coming up with a theme, something that you'll hear me repeat multiple times and you'll be annoyed by the end of the message. It's something I want to stick with you. After this, I'll pray to wrap up. I'm going to share a quote from the goat, and if you have no idea what that means, you'll find out. Then we're going to go wave through a view from the mountaintop and then transition into a catchy phrase that is really, it's not like brilliant, but I'm proud of it. Um, then I'm going to sing a song. No, no. Remember when Jake, so Jake earlier was saying there's people that think they can't sing and then there's people that can't sing? I might have been the only one that raised my hand. <laughs> you, if you've never heard me sing, you're blessed. And so... I'm going to share a song from Notorious B.I.G. Who knows who that is? Oh, I'm so grateful. Okay, good. I can't encourage you to go listen to him, but he's got a song, and we're going to be talking about that. Then I'm going to repeat the theme for probably the third time. Then I'm going to be talking about the shortest of four, and then share a theme again and probably annoy some people, and then ask a challenging question, and then wrap up by talking about pandas. Sound good? All right. Hey, let's pray. Heavenly Father God, you are so good. And I don't just say that. I'm grateful, God, because you have given each and every one of us a gift, a talent, something that you say, hey, you, yeah, I'm talking to you. I want you to do something amazing for my kingdom. And so, Lord, today as we are just inviting you here, I pray, God, that everyone walks away feeling excited about what you've got in store for them. Thank you, God, so much for who you are. In your name we pray. Amen. So former pastor of Crossbridge Community Church, Dan Chitwood, about eight years ago when preaching on money, he shared this quote that stuck with me. And when I was sitting in the crowd, it hit me pretty hard. Hard enough where eight years later, I'm still thinking about it. And Pastor Dan shared that we at Crossbridge are not a generous church. We have generous people who do generous things. But as a church, we are not a generous community. And eight years later, the unfortunate truth is that that is still true. 
Probably 40 to 50% of people that say they call Crossbridge home do not give anything to Crossbridge or give back to God. And that is a number that is not okay. Our average giving is about 3.3%. And we, we see all of this time of just different giving and individuals that struggle with comfort and struggle with letting go of what they believe is theirs all the time. And I want you to know, I do not need or want your money. Yes, it gives me a job. And so Marissa's like, you need it. But, you know, reality is I don't. Like, God is going to take care of my family. But there are so many more exciting things we could do for the kingdom of God if we sacrificed what is God's. And it's powerful understanding. And I truly believe, especially when we look at the next 20, 30, 40 years, the church is dying because individuals are refusing to give. And like I said, Whatever your financial situation is, I believe that God calls us to give back our finances, our volunteer hours, our time, our prayer life, our energy, sacrificing what is God's back to God's kingdom. And so I want to turn to the book of Matthew. And Matthew is writing an individual, and he's talking about this experience and quoting Jesus in chapter 5. And so if you've got your Bible, your YouVersion app, you can turn to Matthew chapter 5. If you're not sure exactly where that is, you flip about three-quarters into your Bible. It's the first book in the New Testament. And Matthew chapter 5 is one powerful message that I hold on to a lot. You see, Jesus is talking to a huge crowd. And I find it fascinating, we're going to start in verse 3, but in verse 2, Matthew wants us to know that Jesus has an entire crowd's attention, and this is what he chooses to talk about. He talks to large crowds multiple times throughout the four Gospels, but Matthew shares this experience that one of those few times is talking about this. And so if you'll turn with me to Matthew chapter 5, we're going to pick up in verse 3. And this is what Matthew writes, Jesus quoting, sharing this sermon. It's known as the Sermon on the Mount. And verse 3 says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And so Matthew is writing, quoting Jesus, who chooses to speak to a large crowd about something known as blessings. And this is honestly a concept, especially in our Western culture, and our on-demand culture, honestly our, a privileged country to live in, that we have very little idea of what it truly looks like to be blessed. And often what our mindset is, is if we have more, more money, a nicer house, a nicer car, a nicer job, then that means that we are blessed by God. But when you look at any of the 66 books, then every time that it talks about this concept of being blessed and having God's righteousness, it's all about actually having 
less. Like I said, it's not wrong to have nice things, but I want to put this catchy phrase up here that really kind of depicts what God means by you are blessed. And it's this idea that if you have less, less equals blessed. I mean, it's in the word blessed. And whenever you look at probably the 40 to 45 verses that talk about God's blessing on us, it comes from an idea of sacrifice. It comes from an idea of giving more rather than having less. And I'm not talking about just giving more money, okay, because it's not about the amount you give. I'm talking about giving everything that you have, the te- uh, the, the, whether it's your time, your energy, your prayer life, your volunteer hours, and I believe your finances. Giving more, which means you're going to have less, is what looks blessed. And this is why I think this is so important. Because often when we are struggling in our life, maybe we have to downsize our house, maybe we lost our job, maybe we lost our car, maybe we had to take a pay cut, often our reaction is, God, how could you take that away? Why are you making me go through this? Don't you want me to be happy and have nice things? And God says, guess what? It was never my end game for you to have those things. You're allowed to have those things, but those things are not what make you blessed. Your nice house, your nice car, your nice paycheck, your nice job, your nice family, those are not what make you blessed. Because if you think about it on the flip side, and this is actually a concept that one of my professors talked to us about at Anderson, was then what about the people that are living in poverty? Does that mean that they're less blessed because they have less than you? No, 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 no. You see, Jesus actually says that those who are widowed, those who are broken, those who are persecuted, those who have less are the true blessed ones. And I know that's a hard concept for us to understand because we live in an on-demand first world country, very privileged, have nice paychecks, most of us. And even for those that don't, that live in low income, low income in the States is so different than low income for the 90% of individuals. I butchered that statistic. Don't quote that. A lot of individuals that live on $1 a day or less. And God says there's something more there. Again, it's not wrong to have nice things, but if those nice things get taken away, we don't have permission to be upset with God because it's never God's intention for us to have more. He says, hey, I'm trying to bless you right now by taking away. And the blessing isn't going to be monetarily. It's often why when we give, sometimes we expect things in return. Sometimes we just give, and then there's the pure joy of giving because of it. Less truly does equal bless. And it's not something that you can understand unless you take part in it. Everything I'm talking about, if you don't give, if you don't pray, even if you don't believe in God, I mean, none of this is going to make sense unless you sacrifice and give part of it. And you see, often what our mindset is along with that understanding is, you might even say, okay, Jordan, I get it, but if I just had more money, then I would be able to do what you're calling me to do, to give. If I just had more time, then I would be able to volunteer. If I just had more, uh, you know, this, that, or the other, then I would be. But as Notorious B.I.G. said in his song, mo money, mo problems, We always think that if we have more, we're going to have less problems. But you're probably in the same situation. If you've ever gotten a pay raise, you've seen the bills raised with that. Like, well, if I could afford this two months ago, then all of a sudden, where did that come from? 
but more money, more problems. And this is the idea I want you to think about. God cannot trust you with more if you're not handling the less in a positive way. Our mindset is always going to be, if I just had more, then I would give. No. (laughs) You might, but the majority of people then still find things that take priority. And that's just human. I've been there. You see, Marissa and I, our first year of marriage made $12,000. And the only thing our parents paid for was our cell phone bill and a $24 a month health insurance plan. We paid for our schooling, our apartment, our car insurance, our food, all of our bills, and lived off $12,000, and every paycheck we made, we gave a portion back to God. Now, I don't just say that as a flex or for people that don't know what that means, as to show off. One of our producers up there said, Jordan, only six people knew what flex meant. I'm like, okay. So then Brad said, why don't you just go do that? I'm like, okay. Anyway, the idea is this. I don't say that to show off. I say that to say I've been there. We've made very little and still made God a priority in our giving. And now that we're living in the middle class, because we handled the less, it's so much easier to handle the more now in a healthy way. It starts with starting. Honestly, you're never going to get to a place where giving becomes easy and comfortable. If you do, then you're not giving enough. Does that make sense? I know it's hard to hear, but the reality is mo money, mo problems. It's true. And that can be really challenging, especially for all of us that are struggling with this concept that, you know, God just wants us to give. Our first fruits to him. Trusting that, hey God, I'm not even sure where this is coming from. That's why I call it the trust fund. Trusting God when the funds aren't there. And watching God work. Trusting God when the time isn't there. God, I'm going to volunteer this weekend. I don't know how I'm going to get my paper done. I don't know how I'm going to prepare for the sermon. I don't know how I'm going to get my job in order. I've got 50 things on the to-do list. But God, I'm going to take an hour and spend time alone with you, giving back what God requires. And you see, Mark later on goes on and writes about this topic. ...to have referenced Mark in their writings of the gospel. And so 10, 20... 30 years later, as uh, Matthew, Luke, and John are, there's some common themes that you'll see. But in Mark chapter 12, if you'll turn with me there, uh, it's not going to be on the screens, but that's okay. You'll get to listen to my pretty voice. And so if you want to turn with me there to Matthew, my pretty voice. Remember how earlier I said I don't have a singing voice? Should I sing this passage for you? Danny said yes. My sister gave me permission, so... No, I want to keep my job. Um, so uh, Mark chapter 12, verse 38, okay? Uh, this, is, this is what Jesus is experiencing. He goes to the temple to teach. And he says this, As he thought, Jesus said, Watch out for the teachers of the law. They like to walk around in flowing robes and be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and have the most important seats in the synagogues and the places of honor at banquets. They devour widows' houses, houses, and for a show, make lengthy prayers. These men 
and will be punished most severely. I want to stop there for a second. So Jesus is teaching at the temple, the place where individuals would go and give. They'd give their time, they'd give their sacrifice, they'd give their tithe, with, which tithe in Scripture, the literal meaning of tithe is 10%. And it was an Old Testament command where the Israelites were commanded to give 10% of their livestock, 10% of their clothing, their wool, their incense, their perfumes, different things. Um, and, and so it's this idea that 10% of what we have, we're supposed to give back to God. And so they would go to the temple, and that's where they would give these things. And so Jesus is teaching, and he's got his disciples there. And then something Jesus does next in verse 41 is very interesting. He actually sits back with his disciples and just watches what happens. And so let's go to verse 41. It says this, Jesus then sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything all she had to live on. You got to imagine that Jesus is thinking, yeah, see her? She is blessed. She trusted me with all she had, everything. That's why I believe there's no amount of money you need to make, you can make, you should have before you start giving. Again, it's the trust fund, trusting God when the funds aren't there. And this widow goes to the temple probably humiliated because if she's living in poverty, people could tell. You see, as he was talking about in the first half of the passage we read, Jesus was referencing these men that were walking around in their fancy, expensive robes. She's probably coming in with barely any clothes on and giving everything to God, saying, God, I'm giving you my courage. I'm giving you my strength. I'm giving you my money. I'm giving you my time. And so this is just my two cents. But I believe that God wants us to give, and I'm going to add a word, everything. And I'm not saying like every single dollar you make, you need to give back to God. That's not what I'm saying. But I do believe that we have to get to a place where we know and trust that what we have is not ours. That everything we have is God's. And so when we lose our house, when we lose our car, when we lose our job, when we lose a pay cut, when we lose some of these things, we're okay spiritually because we trust that God is just taking back what is his. And God is going to use that for his glory, his kingdom, and that is blessing. God wants us to give everything. Because everything we have is his to begin with. And I know this is, you know, really challenging for us. Because even when we see a phrase like that, um, we start to put up some walls. Honestly, we start going like this. And so I want to ask you this question. And it's a challenging question, but I want you to think about it. And this is the question. If God asked you to go home 
and completely empty out your savings account for his church. And I'm not just talking about Crossbridge, okay? Again, I'm not asking for your money. I don't want to be that church that says, pull out your checkbook and write a check. No, no, no. Um, I believe you should be giving to the place that you call home, but I also believe it goes so much deeper than that where you see God's kingdom at work. Marissa and I also give to different organizations that are not just Crossbridge. And so if God asks you to give to his universal Big C Church and empty out your savings, would you? And I want you to be completely honest with yourself. Would you? And your first thought might be, well, God would never ask me to do that. Yeah, he would. He did. If you look through any of the times that Jesus called his disciples, he asked them to do that exact question. Go home, sell everything, leave everything behind, and then you can follow me. God requires us to give everything to him. Some of us are required to go home and empty our savings. And just saying, God, I trust you with this. Some of us are saying, hey, this week I'm going to volunteer four hours of my time. I'm going to give that back to God. I don't know where that time's coming from, but I'm going to do that. I'm going to tell my kids, yeah, you can't play soccer this year, buddy. I want to teach you what sacrifice looks like. If God asked you to go home, if God asked you to go home and empty out your savings for his kingdom, would you? For being honest with ourselves, most of us would say no. And that's human. I wrestle with myself with that question every day. Would I do it? Would I not? But I believe we have to get to a place where that answer is yes every time. And it can be really challenging. And I get it. Money can be really difficult. You might be in a lot of debt. You might make a little money. You might be struggling up here. You might have grown up in poverty, and this concept is like, Jordan, I grew up in poverty. I grew up in low income, okay? I cannot possibly give everything to God. Everything I already make is already not enough. And you might also be in a situation where you're like, what? I earned that money. I work hard for that money. I got my doctorate degree. I have the nice cars because I did that. And that's also not an okay mindset because everything we have is God's. We're allowed to have nice things, but we also have to be okay if we don't have them anymore. And you also might be in the middle where you say, hey, I make good money or I make money and I'm giving. I don't make enough money and I'm giving. I make a lot of money and I'm giving. Whatever it looks like, God wants us to give. And so here's how I want to close today. I want to share a story of a time when I was at Panda Express. And um, who likes Panda? Am I the only one? Oh, good. Okay, about as many of you that laughed at the on-brand Doritos joke. So we're in good company here, okay? So I love Panda Express. I don't like their orange chicken. Okay, I said it. I didn't get struck down, okay? Um, I think it's overrated and tastes... I love you, Panda. If you're watching, hashtag ad. I would love a gold card so I can eat it whenever. Anyway, I don't like their orange chicken, okay? So anyway, that has nothing to do with the sermon. That was extra for you, Um Marissa and I, one time for date night, we had gotten a gift card a couple months ago. And what's funny is there's actually two Panda Express stories that I could share right now that are relevant to the story, uh, the sermon. The last one happened this week, so that's still a little raw for me, and I need to continue to work out my emotions with God. So I'm going to share the one from two months ago since we can laugh about it now. I just wanted to share with you I don't always get this right, okay? Marissa and I were in the drive-thru about two months ago. We had gotten a gift card, $20 gift card from Panda. Um, and we were in the drive-thru for a random date night, 
And we know our orders. We both get the plates with two entrees and one side, and then she gets a large uh, Coke Zero, and I just get water. And so we're there, and we take our order. And if you know about Pan Express, they always ask you, do you want to round up your bill to the dollar? Okay? Do you want to round up to the dollar to give to Riley's Children's Hospital? And so I was preparing for that. You say, I'm like, we had a gift card. I'm feeling good today. I'm feeling generous. We're going to be in the drive-thru. They're going to ask me. I'm going to say, you know what? Just round it up. And so I'm preparing for this question. And she asks me in the drive-thru, do you want to give today to Riley's Children's Hospital? I said, absolutely. And I'm thinking, okay, the bill was $18.90. So that means if they round up, it's going to be 10 cents. We'll still have a dollar on the gift card. That'll be okay. All right? So we're there. And she asks me, do you want to give today? I said, yes. Then she asks me a curveball question and says, how much? And because I'm an idiot without thinking, I said, I would like to give to Riley 10 cents. Do you know how terrible you sound after you say that? I rolled up the window and I drove off. Marissa started laughing. We pull up to the drive-thru window. They're all laughing. They had heard me. It sounds so terrible. But it's human. We all are there sometimes and have our panda stories. And I get it. I make mistakes, but I believe that God wants us to give. And what would it look like for us to get to a place where as a community, we are a generous church, bringing the kingdom of heaven back down to earth? Let's pray. Heavenly Father God, you are so good. I thank you. Thank you for this community of individuals who are desperately wanting to know you better. And so, God, I just, I just give you my all. I give you everything. I ask, Lord, that that's my prayer every day, to just give you what is yours. Thank you, God, for this message. I pray that people feel encouraged and convicted. Lord, I just pray for you, for your word to be brought to light. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jordan. <clears throat> Here's kind of what I have taken out of this whole thing is that Jordan is cheap. And uh, if you remember, not only Panda Express, but does anybody remember the Aldi story of the quarter in the parking lot? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, here's what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to the elders next month and, and ask for a raise for, for Jordan and uh, so you can be praying for him. But, man, this, you know, challenging stuff, good stuff. And the thing that we're going to try to push for the rest of this, this year, the kind of season we're in, is, is are we truly following God? Are we actually following Jesus as Jesus has asked us to follow him? And giving is a part of that. And so thank you for that, for that uh, challenge. Uh, next week, I'm going to actually wrap up this series, Two Cents, so you get to hear my two cents about giving also. If you are new here today, we would love to get to know you a little bit better and give you this cheesy church gift that we have out there. Kim's out there. Jordan will be out there. You can talk to him about his panda stories. He's got lots of them, trust me. And uh, I'm going to be there too. We'd love to get to know you a little bit better. Have a great rest of the week. We'll see you next Sunday.